Hello and welcome to the Be Well, Do Well podcast. Today is a bonus episode where I have the privilege to chat with a remarkable entrepreneur that's going to share his amazing story of resilience, ambition, and a bit of troublemaking. A former Navy SEAL turned life coach, JP Bowen spent 13 years in the military, including some time as a sniper in Iraq. Then he returned home and realized his dream of becoming a football player and an entrepreneur. JP is now the founder of Higher Level Coaching as a life and fitness coach where he helps people overcome the odds with health and mindset. I can't think of anyone to have a better conversation around how to be well and do well. Welcome to the show, JP. Right on, Amin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Before we started recording, you mentioned to me that when you were growing up, you were a bit of a troublemaker, but you didn't go into any details about that. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, uh, you know, just for, I guess, a lack of direction, got involved with some, some friends, I guess you could say at the time that, you know, just weren't the best of influences and ended up just being a troublemaker. So, <laughs> so, and, and I talked about this because I got caught up in like, you know, with like gangs and other things. And, and then I ended up in juvenile detention center at 15 years old. And when I was there, you know, it was just kind of like one thing after another ended up you know, robbing some kids and thinking that we got away with it. And then two days later, the cops roll us up at, at high school in front of everybody and take me to juvenile detention center. So I was spending some time there and, um, a major who was part of the Marine junior ROTC came and visited me when I was there. And, uh, he, he, we sat down at this table and he, and he was just like, look around you. He's like, you know, you're, you're too smart for this. He's like, you don't, you don't belong here. You know? And so I looked around and I was like thinking, and then like, you know, I, that those words just kind of rang in my head. Like you don't belong here. You deserve more type thing. And so as I spent a little more time there, I was just like, yeah, I don't belong here. You know, I don't, I don't need to do this. You know, I need to change where my life's going. And so after that, I started getting better grades and, and, and playing football and, and, and doing different things. And I went from somebody that they wanted to kick out of school to somebody that they wanted to keep in school, you know, so that I was, you know, cause I was, once I started playing football and, and, and doing well in playing football, I was, I was mm-hmm. bringing some attention to the school and like positive attention, you know, and we had a great football team and right. so it was just, it was just a lot of fun. That's. That's awesome. Now, I know football for you is, a, is quite a personal thing. Your father passed away unexpectedly when you were only five years old. And mm-hmm. in your video, you mentioned that that was a connection between you and your father, right? It's football. You, you have memories of playing with him when you were younger. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's ex- exactly right. I mean, I can think of, you know, when I was a kid, you know, just hearing about how he had played football and he only played high school level, but to me, that was like the pros, right? You're like four or five years old. I was like, right. that's so cool. And, and so, you know, whenever I played in high school, I would just look up to the stars and just, you know, think, hey, can you be with me? Because he passed away when, when I was five. And so whenever I played, you know, I just thought, okay, cool. You know, it some, somehow brought me closer to him. And it was just a big part of, of why I enjoyed it and, 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 and played it. Yeah, you know. Parents, father figures, right? That's really important, of course, when you're growing up. And, you know, I'm fortunate that my father's still alive and, and I have that connection with him. But 
I appreciate you opening up and telling us a little bit about that. Now, when you got older and, you know, you had this event that happened in your high school and you decided that you're going to turn things around, you sort of took that to the extreme and then decided to go into the Navy (laughs) and do something that only 6% of the people that apply to become a SEAL actually pass and go through. That's that's the stat that I saw online is 6% of people. So it's not like, you know, you're training to, you know, do something simple like going into the seals and, and going through all of that training is difficult. You're, you obviously are physically quite fit, but the Navy SEALs is not about physical fitness only, right? So tell me a little bit about the mental toughness that either you went in with or that you learned as part of the SEALs training. Yeah, it, it, the way that all went down is, is pretty nuts because, um, you know, I, when, when I decided to turn my life around, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to school, get a degree. And but my mom was like, you're out of the house at 18. And I was like, okay. So, <laughs> so I was trying to figure out, okay, like, how can I go to school? I have no money. I don't have the grades. I'm not going to have the, the scholarships to go. And so, you know, I signed, I, was like, I knew I could go in the military and, you know, I was, I was this close to becoming a Marine. Mm-hmm. I even walked into the Marine recruiting office and I was asking them and they were telling me about force recon and all this stuff. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. But then as I'm, as he's talking to me, I'm looking at this cutout in the wall and there's these guys jumping out of airplanes and it's on a TV in front of a couch. And there's, and I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm like, I was like, I was like, the force recon sounds cool. I was like, I was like, is that what those guys do? I was like, what do those guys do? And he's like, oh, you don't want to know about those guys. And <laughs> at, at just that instant, there was a Navy recruiter that walks out from around the wall. Right. He's like, yeah, you do. He's like, come on over here. Let me tell you about these guys. And so that was the first time I learned about becoming a Navy SEAL. And I was, you know, 17 is probably January or February of, of 95. And he pulls me in and, and he talks to me about the Navy SEALs. He's like, yeah, yeah, these guys are cool. They shoot guns. They jump out of airplanes. They sit on the beach. They drink beer. And you know, this and that. I'm like, well, that sounds pretty cool. I was like, I want to do that. Right. And, and so signed up, you know, for, I signed up on a program that was, it was called the dive fair program at the time. And so you could sign up for six years and it'd get, it'd guarantee you a, a chance to become a Navy SEAL as long as you pass all the tests. That's the fine print. Okay. And so it was a big recruiting tool to get people in the Navy. And then if, when, as soon as they wash out, then they'd put them wherever they need to in the Navy, right? So, so many people would come in thinking they're going to become a Navy SEAL, but then end up, you know, chipping paint on the side of a boat or, mm. you know, doing something else. And so I was one of those guys that signed up and then, and then, you know, took the test at boot camp, the physical test, 49 people took it there. Seven of us passed, Wow, which is pretty surprising because I didn't grow up swimming and I didn't, you know, I had, there was a pool at my, at my grandma's place, but you know, it wasn't like I was a a high school swimmer or anything like that. It was just, it was just by pretty much sure determination that I was like, I'm going to pass this. And cause you can only do breaststroke or side stroke and nobody does breaststroke. I did breaststroke (laughs) and I passed with like five seconds to spare. And then there's, you know, then there's pull-ups, sit-ups, push-ups, there's a mile and a half run, all that. But I think what, what drove me to go through all of that to include the SEAL training is, you know, 
I talk about it in my coaching, but like that, that motivational triad, right? Where it's like where you're seeking pleasure, avoiding pain or looking for the most efficient route. Right. And so for me, when I look, when I think back on it, a big part of it was seeking pleasure is like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to do something special. I'm going to be a part of this elite group of people. Uh, and I didn't really know all that until the, I guess the January between January of, of deciding I'm going to go in the military to, I guess it would have been the next January is when, when I showed up to buds and so learning and, and just thinking like, okay, wow, I'm going to do something that's cool. I'm going to do something that's elite and be a part of a special group of people. And so to me, that was like very motivating. And it's something when I would tell people, they would be like, oh, JP's going to go become a Navy SEAL. Like, ha, ha, ha. You know, and, and these are like right. some of my closest friends at the time in high school. And uh, so avoiding pain was, you know, looking at, I don't want to let my mom down. I don't want to let, you know, my friends down, that type of stuff. I don't want to come back to Albuquerque, New Mexico and with my tail between my legs and be like, I, you know, I failed out that type of thing. So a lot of things that were just kind of motivate, motivating me in different ways. And I would say one of the hardest parts is hell week, right? Which is at the time is the fifth week and where a lot of people wash out. And so it starts on Sunday, ends on Friday. And for us, the first opportunity to sleep or even get a little bit of sleep was Wednesday morning and Thursday morning. Okay. So, so tell, you, tell us a little bit about hell week, just the structure of that. You said yeah, so one week, hell, no sleep. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> constant movement. So it's, it's you and, and five other guys that are in a boat crew and there's, you know, however many boat crews are in per class. Right. And it starts on Sunday and it goes throughout the night, continue on Monday, continue on Tuesday. You know, you're doing stuff with these boats and, you know, you're going over rocks. You're, you know, you're, you're carrying these boats wherever you go on your head, overhead, going through the water and, you know, they try to make you as cold as possible. And, uh, you know, it's, it's for, it's where a lot of people fail out when it comes to SEAL training, because the combination of the, the physical pain, the lack of sleep, and, you know, it's, it's where you really start to weed out the people that have that strong mindset of continuing to push. And so usually if you make it past you know, Wednesday, we, we say that, you know, you're basically automatic. So at, at, at that point, your, your body's just basically doing whatever your, your, your brain's telling it to do. And uh, you're not even paying attention to how much something hurts or feels or whatever it is. You just, you just kind of keep going. And then the hardest part is just the, it's, it's the lack of sleep. Um, and, and, it's funny because I think back and, you know, we both have a friend, William Branham, and I believe, you know, he was in my, my hell week with me okay. and he was in, he was one of the, he talks about his boat crew, like, oh, they were awesome and they were kicking butt. And, and I remember that and they, you know, to get some sleep on Wednesday and Thursday, you had to be like first in races and stuff. Well, my, my boat crew, it was called the Smurf boat crew. Cause we, I was, I'm short. Right. And so it was, it was, it was a Smurf boat crew and we were finishing last and everything. <laughs> so 
We had the least amount of sleep. I think he uh-huh. probably had the most amount of sleeps. Yeah, I think next time I'll just remind him that my hell week was harder or something. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so after Wednesday, this is like halfway through hell week. Your body is just doing whatever. It's it's not fighting back. You're saying it's like you, you need to get it done. You just get past because now you yeah light. Yeah, I think yeah, I think when when you're like Monday or Sunday night is we get a lot of quitters because. The sun's going down. It's Mm going to be cold. It's the Pacific Ocean. And, you know, there's a nice cool breeze. And it's for some reason, the weather just turns really bad when it comes to hell week. (laughs) And, and, and so, you know, guys start, you know, especially, okay, so Sunday night, you get a lot of quitters. Monday morning, okay, that you've been up all night, you get warm after having like, you know, a nice little breakfast meal. And then, it's it's every time when the sun goes down or it's returning back from chow for like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then it's like that's when you get people that have gotten comfortable. And then now it's like, OK, you know, you're about to get your balls kicked in again. Right. <laughs> so, and, and so it's like, OK, do I want to go through that? You know, that little thought comes through your mind. And for a lot of people, it's just too much to overcome. And wow. so that's where you get a lot of quitters. And so when you think about. You have to think about instead of like that immediate pain that you're about to go through, you have to think about um, what what's going to be on the other end, right? Like, mm-hmm. where, where am I going to be? Where is this going to take me? What am I going to be doing? That type of thing. Okay. And, 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 and one thing that I talk about, too, is there was one friend of mine. We used to we call him Circus and because uh, he had an interesting life. He grew up. His dad was a lion trainer. His mom was like in a rock band. And uh, he had the craziest stories. From, he's from Indiana. Anyways, really, yeah, really cool guy. And, and so he got the nickname Circus because he was awesome with the bullwhip. And, uh, and so <laughs> we're, before Hell Week, we were, we were just, you know, chatting. We, we hung out a lot. And we're like, all right, bro, we'll see you on the other side. And we, we, shook, we shook hands. And for me, that was a big motivating mm-hmm. piece being like, okay, I'm not going to let Circus down. I'm not going to let my buddy down, you know, mm-hmm. and. And he, I, you know, I don't know if he thought about it the way I did it, but it really helped me to stay like, stay the course and just be like, okay, uh, I'm going to see you on the other side. Let's do this. And uh, once you make it through hell week, it's like, man, if I can make it through that, I can, I can do anything, you know, right. because you, you're, you're forcing your body to stay awake. You're forcing your body to do things that, you know, initially it doesn't want to do and then it's fighting back and, and. You know, there's a lot of pain and suffering and, and but you just keep pushing and, right. and it's like your mind can make your body do things that, you know, it may or may not want to do. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of parents that listen to our show and I'm a parent, you're a parent. No, oh, yeah. Do you, do you convey these, these teachings and learnings and like that mindset of, you know, doubt will hold you back and pushing through at, you know, at, at a younger, how old are your kids? I have a four-year-old daughter and a two-year-old daughter. Okay. So your kids are really young and they're like right at that time where, you know, they're playful, they're, they're, you know, running around doing that sort of thing. Our kids are a little bit older. They're 10 and eight. And we talk to them all the time about this. Like you got to, you got to push through that. Right. So do you have that in your mind that when you're, when your girls and your, and your kids get older, that you're going to be sharing this with them that like, look, you, you can push through these things that seem hard now. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, my, my oldest daughter, she's, she's pretty stubborn. So she's, she's hard headed. 
She's, uh, she's lively. She's, she's a little firecracker. And, and I think, you know, I don't know if that was genetic or not, but, <laughs> but if you ask my mom, she'd probably say, yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm always looking for ways to, um, cause if I try to explain it to them, they're not going to get it right. Yeah. But like, it, it comes down to like things like on the playground and, and doing different things, you know, like to keep trying or to keep pushing. And, you know, my oldest daughter, she's, she's, she's the type where, you know, she's kind of getting it just because I, you know, I don't let her just off the hook so easy, but I don't do it in a way where it's not fun or anything like that. You know, it's gotta be fun and, and, and teaching her, you know, right. that, Hey, if I keep pushing, if I keep trying, good will come of it and the most recent experience was at at these at this playground where there's like these triangle swinging kind of monkey bar mm -hmm. type things and you know she's pretty small and but she's got great um coordination and and so she she jumps she's like i've always helped her up to the rings and then mm -hmm. let her kind of swing through the rings but i was like all right well this time you're gonna you're gonna jump and do it and i was like Let's see if she can do it. Right. And uh, so she jumped, touched the ring, was kind of scared. And I was like, okay, I'll just be here to help you. And, you know, I, I jump and then, or she jumps and like with my hands kind of spotting her in a way right. and, uh, and she makes it. And so it's cool. So now it's like, all right, now you're on your own. Okay. And so now she jumps, tries, jumps, tries, and she probably jumped at least, I don't know. I think I recorded it maybe 12 times, but nice. it was probably somewhere between 15 and 20 where she jumped and missed. And then she finally jumped, yeah. caught it and then crossed all the way over. And it was just like, I think it was just like a really cool experience for her because, yeah. you know, it, for all of us, the harder something is to accomplish, you know, and then when we finally do it, mm -hmm. it's, it's this amazing you know, rush of feelings and, and, and I guess endorphins, you know, that, that you get and you're just, you're super excited, you're happy. And it was really cool to see that in her. So mm -hmm. stuff like that, I, I try to, I try to do and right. explaining some of the mindset. Yeah. That's definitely going to be a big, big part of raising my kids because it's been a big part for me. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I made a decision when I was young, but it was also a lot of books that I read in my twenties, you know, and, and, and coaching that I was seeking and, and, and stuff like that. And it's just because, you know, I, I think that without having my dad around or like that positive male figure is like, okay, where am I going to learn mm -hmm. what I need to learn to be a man, to be, to have a solid mindset, that type of stuff. And so I would seek out, books on, you know, mindset and different things. And, and there was one point where I was thinking like I was going to leave the military, and maybe get into like sports psychology and that type of stuff, because I, you know, I really love sports and, 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 and it just seemed to kind of fit right. The mindset and, right. and sports. And so, yeah. you know, coaching is, is one way to do it. And, and, and yeah, definitely going to be part of the kids growing up for sure. Nice. Nice. You mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned books because I read a lot of books. I, I probably read I don't know, 50 to 100 books a year. Sometimes I'm listening to it on audio. Sometimes I'm reading it physically or on a Kindle. So is there a book that you've read that's really impacted you? Yeah. So, 
the seven habits of highly effective people that's mm-hmm. that's a big one yeah and you know you might you you know because my my uh, my podcast is the highly effective man right right and so i was just thinking like you know when i when i named it i was like what is like you know something that i'm really like you know about and that and so that that book was like a very big one you know one of the it's funny i'm looking right at the book that was one of the very first sports psychology books that that I kind of got into. And it was just, it was, it was, it was competitive. It's called competitive fire. And it's like, I don't even know how I found this, but it had, you know, Jordan on the front of it. Okay, and, yeah. and, and so it was just about how do I like kind of get in the zone and how do I bring out the best in myself when I'm playing sports? And I found it really interesting that there was a lot of mindset stuff mm-hmm. in there. And so that kind of got me going down the route of learning about sports psychology and learning about how much the the mind influences everything. I I mean I had known just from going through buds and you know becoming a seal that how much we can push our bodies, but actually like diving into some of the science behind it and the other aspects of it was it was really cool. And yeah, and I I always have that book kind of close by because I don't know there's there's still a lot of good stuff in it about you know sports and that that applies to yeah life in general. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I don't know if you know, but there's a kid's version of that book called Seven Habits of, High, of Happy Kids. Oh, I didn't know that. It's no. really good. It's really good. Our kids, when they were probably your, around that age, four years old, we were yeah. reading it to them. And they still, to this day, remember the stories of seven different habits. It's, it's like a mirror of the, the real book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Yeah, made for kids by Stephen Covey's son, Sean Covey. Oh, I'm a... Yeah. So that's, that's a that good today. one to pick up. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. like I said, my oldest is, she's a little stubborn, but like she's, yeah. she's got a, she's got a mind that's, that's uh, like a little steel trap. So it'd be great to just kind of start programming that brain a little more. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can tell you have a lot of passion for the coaching, the psychology, your family. So it, what, what right now are you working on that's got you really fired up? Oh man. So Obviously, just just growing the business, but you know what what excites me is that when I when I get nice messages from people, and I'm sure you do too as well. But like when you know you, when we put out podcasts, you're not always sure like who's listening or mm-hmm. what's you know how much value somebody's getting or something like that. So when you get like a nice message from somebody, it's like man, keep yeah. it up, I love it, you know, like that type of stuff. That's that's really cool. I enjoy that. And so really just trying to build that as, as much as possible and, and, and the coaching business, you know, I've got, I've got men that I work with and to see the transformations that they make both physically and, and, and mentally is just awesome. And so that's, that's, that's the big focus. Obviously I have other things that I'm doing. I'm a firefighter here on Kauai. And, and so you know, there's, but that's, that's, that's where the passion is, you know. That's really cool. Without, without giving any names, can you share some success stories of, of some of your clients and how they've overcome the mindset part of their blockage? Yeah. I mean, I've had guys reverse, reverse their symptoms of, of diabetes, you know, and so wow. type two diabetic, you know, struggled with, with his weight and you can even go listen to the podcast, but Ray his name's Ray. And, and, and so Ray was struggling with, you know, his weight, struggling with eating, that type of stuff. I got him on, you know, an, an eating plan or whatever you want to call it. 
where we eliminated a lot of refined carbohydrates and different things like that, that, that create that, that glucose spike in his, in his, in his, in his blood, which then, you know, makes the insulin run. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, took, took those foods, took a exercise program and pushed him to do complete some goals that he had been thinking about, but just never, I guess, initiated. Right. So like, right. It was like, all right, you want to give me something you, you want to do that you haven't done, you know? And he brought up swimming, right? And so he hadn't learned how to swim. So by the end of our time, I was like, all right, next week, I was like, I was like, you're going to find a pool. You're going to find some lessons. You're going to go, you know, I was like, you don't even have to go this week. I was like, but you have to figure out what time and where you can start going. And so, okay, cool. You did that. And then the next week it's like, all right, we're going yeah. and not we're going, but he was like, you're going. <laughs> And JP says, and, go. Yeah. And so, yeah, so he started taking lessons and it was cool because it was, it was kind of like something that him and his wife could do. Yeah. So then it improved that he lost 20 some pounds. I want to say Wow. he brought his A1C, which is, you know, the, the type two marker. Mm -hmm. He brought it down from a, a nine all the way down to a six in the time that we were working together. He got off his blood pressure medications. He was able to eliminate some of those medications and then cut some of the other ones in half. And so we were just making huge progress. And, and a lot of it was more mindset work than anything else, right? Just knowing that he had somebody like in his corner, but then at the same time, like telling him these things and kind of like pushing him to, you know, do these mm -hmm. through these little challenges. Another guy, Ben, who, you know, would, had been struggling with his weight for a long time. He lost 30 pounds in three months and, and yeah, he just, he pushed himself and, and, you know, I think a big part of that is the mindset, but then accountability and, and, you know, doing it with other guys, that type of stuff is, is a big part of it as well. That's really cool. So even just in this, in the short chat that we've had, I've learned quite a bit about you in terms of, you know, football, your life history, the Navy SEAL, the mindset, but is there something that would genuinely surprise people to learn about you. Yeah, there's probably, I mean, I've been hit by lightning. So yes, yes. Tell us yeah. about that. Yeah. So it's a crazy story. I mean, so I was playing rugby in when I was a SEAL in on the East Coast. I also played some rugby for like a local rugby team. Mm -hmm. We were up at a tournament just outside of Maryland. I want to say it was like called Seven Sevens or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're playing. It's a sunny, it's hot, it's humid. We're playing and, you know, my team's doing all right. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this thunderstorm just comes rolling in. Right. And at first, it's like, kind of like a little bit distant. And, and then all of a sudden, it's like right over the top of us. Okay. And we're like, wow. And so they start like canceling the games and, you know, like everybody get out of here type thing. And so we go to where all our stuff is. And unfortunately, it's under a tree. Oh. And, and so we go and, you know, start grabbing our stuff. I, this is how st stupid this sounds. Like I pick up a umbrella, like it's like a beach umbrella, you know? And, and, and literally somebody says like, somebody says like about a lightning rod. And I, I look, I literally look at it and I go like, this ain't a lightning rod. And as I'm looking at it, oh man, lightning comes down through the tree, hits the tree spreads out hits nine of us and you know i just see this flash around my hand as i'm looking at at, at the thing 
And it feels like somebody just hits me over the top of the head. And, and so I, I basically kind of collapse to the ground. It jumps over somebody standing next to me, hits one of my friends, throws him like nine feet. And then unfortunately, that's about an arm. He's probably about an arm length, maybe about an arm length away from me, maybe an arm's arm and a half length away from me. Mm -hmm. It's my buddy's dad. And I think he was closest to the tree, but he passed away from it. And so, oh, yeah, we, so anyways, like I get hit, get out from underneath the tree and, and I'm just like looking back and I, I see my, my buddy's dad, they're doing CPR on him. Cause it looked like somebody just threw a grenade in, in between all of us. And it's just like, everybody's like spread out. Yeah. And yeah, so it was a crazy story. We, you know, we, we go to the hospital and, and, you know, they release us because there's nothing you know, visibly wrong with, with any of us. We had like, it was kind of weird. Like I had like some tingling and stuff like that. And, and mm -hmm. my feet were kind of like a reddish purple a little bit, which was weird. Mm. And then, but the, the sad part of that is that as my buddy's dad, but to, to survive something like that is pretty nuts, you yeah. know, and, and just experience something like that. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your, your friend's dad there, but what an experience. And this is before or after SEAL training. No, this is, yeah, this is when, when I was a SEAL. Yeah. I was, yeah. This is in at June of, I think it was 2000 okay. when it happened. And, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Amazing. You know, and I don't even, it's funny cause I've just recently started telling people about that, you know, as, right. as stuff comes up and I don't mess around with lightning. So I'm, I'm happy that Hawaii doesn't have a <laughs> lot of lightning. Yeah. San Diego didn't have a lot of lightning. Right. But the East coast did. And I was like, oh, I got to get out of here. Yeah. You know, and my mom lives in Tampa too. So every time I go visit her, it seems like there's a thunderstorm. I'm like, oh, oh, goodness. get me out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Chasing you or what? <laughs> yeah. It felt like it on the way to the hospital that day. Oh my yeah. gosh. It was oh, like hitting telephone poles as we were driving by. I was like, oh, this really? is nuts. Yeah. Wow. 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 That's amazing. Well, yeah. if, if somebody wanted to get disciplined, just like, you know, we talk about your kids, we talk about how I want my kids to be disciplined as well, right? And they want to do so, but they don't want to join the Navy. They don't want to go through BUDS and SEAL training. Do you have anything that can help them do that? Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've got the, the Navy SEAL blueprint for overcoming the odds. It's, it's basically five rules to help you, you know, live as highly effective as possible. Right. And so, you know, you can download that at the sealblueprint.com. Okay, we'll um, put that in the show notes. And yeah, you can download it there. And, and you know, it, it's, it's got five rules, you know, just to kind of give you guys an idea. The rule one is construct the warrior body. Rule two, sharpen emotional resilience. Rule three, identify the higher purpose. Rule four, operate with mental authority. And then rule five, seek mentorship and coaching. So nice. yeah, these, these are, these are five rules that, you know, I basically, you know, that I basically live by and I think have really helped me when I, when I look back on my life, you know, how I've been able to essentially overcome the odds on, on many things, mm -hmm. right? Becoming, <clears throat> becoming a Navy SEAL, playing college football in my thirties, becoming a firefighter in my forties and, and, and just doing different things is, is, uh, it, if I look back at all of these rules, it, they've all been a, a part of it. That's amazing. And what's the address again where people can download that? Thesealblueprint.com. Thesealblueprint.com. That's amazing. 
Well, JP, I really appreciate you taking the time today to be on the show and sharing your journey and all of the fun stuff, some of the sad stuff, the hard stuff with us. I truly yeah, appreciate man. it. And thank you so much once again. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I, I mean, I enjoyed it and it was, it was great. Thank you. All right.